Sometimes that's what you need. Mm. Not to have your shoulders rubbed with the truth. Ointment, ointment. Rescue remedy, ointment, no. Tell you, no, no, you're wasting your time. Why, why, why bother you? You won't get it this time. This life is not for freedom for you. So don't waste any more energy. Don't put all this false effort. It's not going anywhere. It's not freedom for you, this life. How would you feel? How would you feel? Some uh, angelic being come and tell you, Don't worry, it's not this life. You won't be free. Because we are living as though this life you won't be free. Every day you are being told, But you are freedom itself, your grace. Your love itself personified. Why do you behave as though you are not? I say, oh yeah, yeah, that was a good satsang, Muji. Thank you. Really nice. I really like that. I'll post it on my page. Why don't you post it in your heart? Nobody believe it. They say, okay, no, no, no. Okay, you don't come to satsang anymore. Go some other satsang. Don't come here. I don't have time for you. Then somehow you begin to take things seriously. People these days, they want a kind of Hollywood spirituality. Oh, you must never say anything unkind. It must be always nice, encouraging. Say beautiful things. But truth is not saying beautiful things. Truth is not poetry. It's not saying awful things. I don't know if it's saying anything, actually. Every aspect of being here, in this place, Mount Sahaja, being here with me in any case, everything you do is your satsang, is opportunity for satsang. It's an opportunity for a reflection into that deeper truth. Even peeling an orange, it can be turned into a kind of a meditation come come out of it. Sometimes I ask people, can you choose maybe say um, something for YouTube, but beyond your own personal appreciation. Can you choose something that you feel this has got the potency in it, beyond just what you feel, well, it didn't speak to me, it's not my thing? Is your mind broad enough? Or we can only appreciate what appeals to our person, our unique blend of conditioning, only that we can understand. Because as somehow this personal identity is loosening up, thinning out, vanishing. It's replaced by a kind of universality that you may not be able to speak Swahili, but you can understand energetically. You can read the language of the vital force intuitively. You will sense when something is not open and when it's not, or when it is open. You sense that, not by studying it, just spontaneously out of our being, you come to know. Mudri, I have the feeling um, always when I speak, somehow I have to go back to thoughts or to feelings to mm. speak. Mm. I feel I don't know how to speak from silence or from that. This nobody can know. This is where knowing ends. 
speaking from the nothingness, looking out from the emptiness, from the nothingness. This is not nobody knows how. This is not a know-how place. Other places is know-how. Being in the mind is know-how. Mm. Something past, something old, something mm, stale. Come from the emptiness. Meaning, don't know how to do. When you feel like you know how to do, it's already something dead. It has no real life in it. Some things are so fresh, some actions or some thoughts, some words are so fresh out of you that you feel you yourself are hearing them for the first time. <laughs> You're also a listener to your own words. They come from that place. And they're full of depth and wonder also, power and presence. When you speak from the mind, from the past, you already know what you are going to say. It is dead. It is not even alive for you. So how oh, you expect it to be alive for other beings? So you have to come from fresh, from that place. Mm. Mm. The mind is afraid of that place. It is always rehearsing, waiting to be brave. Trying to remember its best, its best tricks, to try and pull them all together, to make an impact. But you are going to be different. You are going to forget everything. You have to come from nowhere, from that place. It's very simple. Then it's like you are not speaking as a person. It doesn't come from a person. A person mm. is something past. Person is your own self-image of yourself, a self-portrait. The greatest self-portrait is not you. So I say these things uh, somehow. Mm. How is life lived by that? Well, it's not lived by anybody. Mm. You know, as I said, there's nobody, there's nobody living life. There is just life. You are life. Then that life has no past. It's not past. It's not relying on past. Past itself is a concept actually. Mm. So, we don't cling to what is known or what is apparently known. Don't cling to that. It offers a kind of a kind of it simulates a kind of safety, a kind of security. Because you've done it before, you've seen it, you can trust it. You remember the last effect, it might still work again. But that's not fresh. Also, truth is not concerned about fresh. It doesn't know the concept of fresh or stale. How to get to that freedom. As long as we cling to the past, you remain with the past. You have not even arrived yet at being now. In love with ghosts. Some people, even though you might be in front of them, you are talking and they are still reminding, they are still seeing you from their past seeing. Mm. They can't catch up with their freshness. Maybe you yourself are not fresh also. Two stale things meeting is not fun. 
You see, I liked what Elliot said. Elliot's response yesterday still stays with me somehow. I say that's past, but it's still fresh. Because we were talking about food, and I say something like this, or it was in passing. I said, we are eating this food now, but whoever eats this food is going to be hungry again. How is he going to be hungry? It's the most beautiful food, you know? Hmm? In three hours, it's shit, basically. And you'll be hungry again, and you'll be hungry again. Okay? And so I remember this story from Christ when he, I was saying yesterday that he was passing along, feeling hung, uh, thirsty, and stopped by a well and asked a woman for a, a drink of water. And she went off into something about, you are, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and blah, blah, blah. And he says, to tell you the truth, whoever drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But if you drink the water that I give you, you will never be thirsty again. You will always be satisfied. In fact, a fountain will spring up inside you. So what is he talking about? So when I said this, whoever eats the food, they are going to be hungry again. And he said, let this be my last meal. I said, you have my attention. I like that kind of earnestness, that, that, that pulse for freedom. And yet, it's not a commodity that you can receive. It's not even you're going to receive. You're going to remove something, in fact. And this removal is not uh, is simply a seeing through um, the illusion or the delusion of identity. And this identity has kept all the beings bound somehow. Not just bound, dependent also. Not just imprisoned, but dependent. Not only in a kind of prison, but dependent on the warden's generosity. The prison warden. We are dependent on the prison warden's compassion. Anyhow. We can change the subject. <laughs> I don't feel that someone should listen too much uh, with your head, with the mind. Because the mind always wants to ask also what to do, what to do, what do I do, how do I go, what should I do? Mm. But to kind of hold up your being to the light of that. Expose yourself, like saying yes to your own intuitive um, sense that you are in the right place. The highest meaning of that inside your heart, and say yes to that. When I wrote Papaji, the first letter I wrote to him, 
His response was already tearing up my whole being, my whole idea of self. And yet I couldn't hear, because the resistance internally was so strong that I really couldn't. It just blotted out what he was speaking to me. But what percolated through from that was this statement, If you wish to discover the Truth, if you wish to be one with Truth, you must disappear. Is that a guidance? How do you disappear? Is there something you can do? How you can do it? You see, if you hear this statement, if your personality hear it, you say, "What? You don't want to disappear? What should I do? Should I, you know, meditate a lot and until?" They can't find nothing. I can't find anything, and then somehow I'll vanish. No, he's not speaking to that. He's not giving instruction to a somebody to do something. It's just like speaking a mantra into your being, and some response is going to happen. But if you hold on to your mind, you'll always be thinking. How to do it? This whole life has been how to do it. How to be rich and famous? How to find the right partner? How to how to be secure all my life? How to stop making judgments? How to become enlightened? How to live forever? How to know when someone is lying to you? How to, how to, how to. So something comes and tells you, vanish. How to vanish? What happened is that the words entered my being, and something began to deconstruct. How can you deconstruct? It spoke into something so primal. Sometimes I don't think we hear enough, you know. I want to tell you what you can't do. Mm. I want to give you some instructions that you can't carry out. I want to tell you something that you cannot learn. Mm. Then you'll find a power that you have not used, a way that you have not known. To find something that you cannot keep, you cannot lose. A man moved uh, into an empty house and uh, started behaving as though he is the owner of the house. Put his own locks on. Made the place look like his own. He even brought other people in and charged them rent. Open an account, and like this he lived for years. And then one day he heard the landlord is coming. The real landlord is coming. 
what's going to happen? When the landlord knocks on the door, what's going to happen? 